With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. We have a very interesting program today. This is Don Mazzella. The name of the program is Small Business Digest on the Air. We're here with a very interesting guest. We're waiting for uh, He was having phone trouble, so we're waiting for him to call back in. His name is John Martorano. He's president of Oxford Communication, and he has a very interesting um, take on things and how important it is for individuals to um, uh, and small business owners to invest in the training of the, their staff and amongst other things. John, I was just talking to people, and uh, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Don, for having me. Well, um, John, as we ask every uh, guest, tell us a little bit about yourself personally before we get into anything else. Sure. Well, I um, live not too far from my office, which makes work-life balance pretty great. I'm about five minutes from my office. I um, have lived in the Lambertville area for over 30 years. Oxford Communications is 30 years old this year. We were founded in 1986. Um, I have three great children um, and um, enjoy what I do every day that I do it, which is uh, a blessing. So um, as far as background, I attended Georgetown University in marketing as a marketing major and um, kind of was one of those weird um, misfits, I guess, that always knew what he wanted to do. I knew I always wanted to do marketing and advertising. And um, the way that Oxford gets his name is I attended an exchange program with Oxford University. And because my name is very long and difficult to say, Martirana, we opted to call it Oxford Communications. And we've stuck with that for 30 plus years. So um, if I can tell you a little bit about the firm, is that appropriate? It is, but we'll get to that in in, uh, in a moment. The first question I want to ask you is, uh, um, why did you start the firm? Well, it was actually um, something that I always wanted to do. I always wanted to be in marketing and advertising. I worked for a company for nine years, felt that I was good at what I was doing and could do it for myself. And quite frankly, my wife had the um, chutzpah and entrepreneurial spirit that backed me and um, Together with a partner, I was pretty much and still in the suit. My partner is still with me, Chuck Whitmore, and he is the creative um, guy at Oxford Communications. So the three of us started the company in my basement uh, back in um, September of 1986. Wow. Okay. Now, what, what exactly does Oxford do? 
So Oxford Communications is a fully integrated marketing firm. We have currently 43 employees. We occupy an old restaurant in Lambertville called the Olympic Toad, which was the site of the Lambertville Music Circus, where entertainers like Duke Ellington, Ella Fitzgerald, and Supremes, Little Stevie Wonder performed under a big tent back in the 50s and 60s. And it's a very open, collaborative environment. As far as the verticals that we work in, is um, they are retail, food, real estate, education, and healthcare. But like any entrepreneurial company, we don't discriminate against business and clearly work with um, companies and in other industries as well. We, one of our clients is Brother International that makes the wireless printers and you know, laser printer printers, inkjet printers, as well as the P-Touch. Um, so it, not everything fits within that um, the vertical that I mentioned earlier. Okay, having said that, what do you mean by that a small business should invest in its staff? Well, I think it's something that a small company always wants to do, but how do you do it is really more of the question, both from the standpoint of resource allocation. You know, it's not inexpensive to do that, as well as the time commitment involved in doing it. So we had the good fortune of, you know, we had tried different types of training, uh, both external, mainly external training courses for employees, sending them on trips to different places to learn different aspects of the business, like account management. Our accounting team, we sent off to learn about uh, financials, within an advertising agency to sort of get a best practices and kind of have a peer group. But we had the good fortune of um, hiring somebody about two years ago who came to us with deep experience in the area of um, presentations um, with regards to, you know, like a Dale Carnegie kind of, uh, of an approach as well as his own version of it as well. And that's a program that we call LDP, Leadership Development Program. It occurs every Monday and Tuesday for about an hour and a half. It's a series of exercises to teach people to communicate better both internally and externally with clients because many times not everybody within the agency has the opportunity to present in front of a group. And But many times people need to uh, be able to be you know, multifaceted players, not just you know, in their wheelhouse. So this gives an opportunity to learn skills uh, in public speaking and, and to communicate more effectively. Part of LDP is also to understand what personality type they are. So they go through a series of uh, tests, some of which you've probably heard of, called Myers-Briggs. The other one is an enneagram that um, indicates a certain number that you are, and that number kind of encapsulates your personality. The advantage to that for us is that you can, I think, better communicate with somebody if you know what personality profile they are and how they like to be communicated to and with. So that's been very effective to have that information and to realize that you know there are certain people that flourish here based on their you know number or their score in Myers Briggs. It helps us with recruiting people, hiring people, etc. Another thing that we do here at Oxford that's really been very successful is um, Oxford University. And basically what Oxford University is, is um, sub, we have subject matter experts in, in different areas within the agency. So digital, social, 
um, interactive, as well as even our accounting team. Um, and they pretty much get involved every Wednesday afternoon. We had something called Snack Day. So we basically turned Snack Day into a learning day. That it really runs for about a half hour to 45 minutes. It's an opportunity for those subject matter experts, as well as other people within Oxford, to learn about other areas that they might not touch on a daily or weekly or even monthly basis. So in some instances, we'll have somebody from digital speak about digital marketing to the entire agency. And you get points for showing up to OCU. You get points um, with regards to your review at the end of the year, how many courses you took, how you scored on different tests, because there's a test after every um, Oxford Communications um, as, you know, learning session. And then we also bring in outside vendors. We bring in people from the digital space, uh, companies like Cedo Mobile and Classview that are sort of you know, bleeding edge in the area of digital marketing. Or in the area of traditional marketing, we bring in uh, outdoor vendors, so billboard vendors, transit vendors, to talk to people about how they're embracing the changes that are going on with, with consumers consuming digital marketing as well as traditional media and how they're changing their business model to make accommodations to the way people are consuming information in the mobile age. So that's just an idea of how we have internalized training for our employees and I think it's been highly effective. So you believe this is something, uh, um, do you extend that out to clients or it, it sounds like a good idea, but how, how, do, how will our uh, audience benefit from it? How would your audience benefit? Well, I think your audience would benefit by it from thinking of deploying it themselves. I mean, they, they might be a company um, in a completely unrelated industry, but do other people within their company need to understand and be more fully integrated and more collaborative with each other. And that's kind of, I think, the impetus for OCU, Oxford Communications University, was the fact that we all really need to know what everybody else is doing. We might not be able to do it. And certainly by taking OCU, a half hour, 45 minute course, I'm not gonna be an expert in digital or I'm not gonna be an expert in social, but I'll be able to speak to it much more clearly, both internally and externally and I think setting realistic expectations with what we're requiring as a company of people's knowledge base to be, and not to just stay stagnant in their own little space. And I'll give you an example of our controller, Jim Brazell. I don't think he ever misses an OCU. Many times the topics don't really touch what he does, but I think he gets um, invigorated by the opportunity to learn something new every Wednesday. And I think that's something that we as business owners need to think about is that it really is, it should be about lifelong learning and not just being you know, myopic and blinders on in your own little world, in your own little space. And that's what this has done for our company. It really has, I think, expanded everybody's horizons and given people a new respect for what people do. So they, it's not just, you know, in, in digital or in interactive, it's not just pushing a button. It's not that simple. It's really understanding and analyzing data on a daily basis to get to the consumer 
and to do it more efficiently and more effectively every time we do it. And I think that understanding of what other people are doing, and likewise, you know, in our accounting department, we use an accounting software. Understanding that, having everybody in the agency understand that and the implications and the reasons to adopt it and use it is very important. And OCU has been able to do that in the, in the course that, that Jim gave on, you know, using our software package. So I think that that's the advantage to small companies is to think about doing the learning themselves and letting their employees take part in it and take pride in it. So. You know, that's a, that's a wonderful explanation. Uh, one of so, uh, I seldom heard. Um, it, 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 it's interesting. Uh, um, uh, in the uh, after the last the presidential election, uh, people have been saying uh, the the media should learn more about, about from other people. Yet they seem more myopic about it than ever. And what you're in effect saying, if I hear, um, and I think I did hear you correctly, is uh, you have to learn what other people are doing and how they're doing it. It'll make your job more effective. Yeah, and, and I think it gives you more pride in what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I mean, we've got some people here that are really, you know, we're very lucky to have them. They really are subject matter experts in their field and ideate on behalf of our clients in great ways. And I think, you know, you pass somebody in the hallway, you really don't know who they are. And OCU does that. I will tell you that LDP, which is the leadership development that we do on Mondays and Tuesdays, that really, what's been great about that, even beyond the fact that people get to understand, get to have better presentation skills, is that people get to look into their personal, what drives them from a personal basis. Because part of the exercises that you do in LDP are something called table topics, where you get to bring in seven different objects and then you get people to come up and speak about those objects and you give them, you know, say for example, you bring in a bottle, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think, a bottle top and you'd say, you know, this top opens up, you know, a bottle of something really delicious. Tell me about something that you did that opened up your world and then somebody starts talking about why they got into the field they got into and who influenced them in doing that. And you begin to see, get a window into their soul, and that is something that normally doesn't happen nine to five. And when you see that, and when you can understand that, it, it just gives you more texture into the fact that they're a real person with real motivations and real goals and aspirations, and it, I think, impacts what we do as a team uh, because we have a better understanding of that as a person. So I think that, you know, I sat back as an, as an employer for many, many years and said, gosh, I really, training is so important. I really wish I could do it. Looking at it as a line item on a you know, spreadsheet, I don't want to spend $15,000, $20,000, $30,000 to do it. Now, this has cost me money because there's time involved that I could be billing out people, you know, but I'm actually doing it internally. So there's definitely still a cost to it. And I'm lucky that I have the people that I have. But anybody could do OCU. It's not like you need um, a facilitator to do LDP. I agree that would be more difficult to do. But OCU or a workshop on a Wednesday 
you know, that's involving a snack from 3 to 3.30 or 3 to 4, 3 to 3.45 is very little cost and a, a super high value to any company. Well, the name of your company again and how people can reach you? Sure. The name of the company is Oxford Communications. And uh, the best number to reach me at is 609-658-1188. And the, your website? Yes, our website is oxfordcommunications.com. Okay. Now, um, in your introduction, you mentioned that you, um, you uh, one of your clients, his brother, which we know is heavily into the uh, small business marketplace. I was curious exactly. if you want to. Oh, what uh, you've had to, if I recall correctly, you've had the account for a while. Uh, what yes. other changes you've seen in the small business world over the last few years? Well, I, I, I can tell you that the changes in the advertising world have been meteoric um, since 2008. Obviously, with the onslaught of digital with the onslaught of, of tradition of social and with people looking to do things more efficiently both of those channels have exploded the one that we're currently experiencing tremendous growth in is video because um video as it relates to digital video as it relates to social is an enormous channel and it's a low cost channel for people to get involved in so i'd say those three areas in my business have been huge areas of growth and huge, huge areas of change, as well as everything um, interactive, meaning landing pages, um, websites, microsites. Again, tremendous growth, tremendous innovation. As far as small businesses, um, I just think it's um, keeping an eye at who your target customer is, understanding who that is, taking time to make sure that the customer that was there five years ago is still the same customer, to set up channels of communication that can frequently take their temperature, I think is something else I'd recommend to small businesses that, again, is high value, low cost. Um, doing surveys, high value, low cost, to understand what they're doing, what they're looking for, and staying um, top of mind as well as being able to morph your services to adapt to their changing requirements. What, what might have been important to them five years ago is not as important as it was, you know, today. So, you know, that's a, I hadn't really thought of That's a very clever approach uh, to it. Um, uh, uh, if I'm a small business, uh, do I... Do it myself, or do I find company, companies like yours to do it? Really depends. I think if people have a budget, um, then yes, they can look for a marketing partner to outsource it to. Um, and if they don't, I would say look within. You know, maybe there's somebody inside your organization that's always wanted to do marketing that is very adept at thinking and implementing. Um, right? have that person under your roof uh, that can do that. Again, you know, things like SurveyMonkey are very inexpensive to deploy, but can give you a lot of information. You don't need to have a marketing company to do that. Taking that information 
giving it to a marketing company. But starting from research is really very important. It's how we begin every engagement. And then developing a strategy, not just, you know, putting out a Facebook page, but developing a strategy what, based on what your goals are with the Facebook page or with the Twitter page or, you know, um, Instagram. Um, and being selective and strategic, I think, is what I would recommend to small businesses as they embark on marketing, whether it's with an outside firm or doing it themselves. And they, I think the beauty of digital today and the good news is that a lot of, a lot of what we do in marketing is measurable. Eight years ago, that wasn't the case. Today, that's more the case than not. And it's a way of making your budget work harder for you and not necessarily you know, doing what we call spray and pray, but really more of a, a measurement um, model is really what I'd recommend for people to require of their marketing partner, whether it's an outside agency or somebody that they're placing an ad with or whether it's digital or traditional. You know, what's the ROI? Well, what, uh, one more question before we let you go. Um, you've been in business 30 years as a relatively small businessman. What have you learned uh, in that time? I learned that, that you pass um, on. Sure. Um, I, I would recommend for anybody that's going to go into owning or operating their own business that they take a course in entrepreneurship. When I went to school, um, there wasn't no such course. And I think it would have been, you know, I might have done the same things I've done, but it might have been through a different lens had I had the, um, benefit of taking a course in entrepreneurship. So I would recommend, highly recommend that somebody um, would do that if you're thinking of opening up their own business. Taking a course on entrepreneurship is, I think, of high value. Well, what are, what, what are two other things you've learned in that, that time? Uh, that, you, that your people can make all the difference in your business, uh, that it's really very important to hire um, the best people you possibly can find. And I think having a, a training program on site that can make them feel like there is a growth pattern to their future is really super important. So I think that's definitely one thing, hiring the right people. And I think for me, you know, our mantra is always to do great work for great people, with great people. And I will say that, you know, I do have great employees and I do have great clients. And it's taken me 30 years to, I think, you know, really understand and appreciate that. But I would say that really getting the right clients, people that respect what you do, how you do it, and want to collaborate and brainstorm with you on developing next level strategies is so important. And whether it's, you know, a marketing company or a you know, fulfillment house, whatever your business is, I think that mantra goes across any industry to do great work for great people with great people. So, you know, uh, it, it's been fascinating, John, and I want to thank you for being with us today. I hope our audience learned something. I certainly did. I want to thank you for coming and joining us today. 
Oh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure and um, really enjoyed it. And if I could impart anything to anybody, I'm just happy to do so. Tell us again your website. Sure, it's oxfordcommunications.com. Thank you, and have a good day and a great right. holiday. You too. Thanks again. Nice meeting you. Bye-bye. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Our next guest is Tom Caparasso. He's, uh, he's with us today to talk about a very interesting problem for small businesses, consumers, and also for big, big companies as well. No, I'm not. Okay, because I just chased them off because of, you can just tell them to stay. Car insurance can be okay. confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. Uh, as we do with every one of our guests, tell us a little bit about yourself personally before we get into what I consider one of the more important topics uh, of this coming holiday season. Sure. So my name's Tom Caparasso. I'm the CEO at Claire's Commerce. Uh, we're a 15-year-old uh, company based uh, in Connecticut, and we're focused on subscription-based loyalty programs. So we power brands like um, freeshipping.com and Shop Smarter and Delivery Deals, both in the U.S. and uh, in the U.K. And then we also power uh, branded programs for some of our clients. We have a program with MasterCard. We have a return program focused on uh, return shipping that we built with FedEx. So we are very much focused on e-commerce. And on saving consumers' money. How do you how do you save consumers' money? That would be the first question any, uh, uh, our, our listener would want to know. Sure. So the key for us is always to put together a, a program or a product, and typically it's a, a digital product that encompasses pain points that the consumers are having online. So uh, things like shipping charges or return shipping charges or just cash back in terms of saving money or even saving time around a comparison shopping engine. So we take all those different benefits and features and bring it into a, a product and we create either a brand or we work under our client's brand uh, um, and put together a uh, VIP program. And then we are a subscription-based marketer. So we um, typically have a monthly or annual fee 
to get access to these discounts and offers and features, and then we go directly to consumer to introduce these programs to them. So if you think about us in a broad sense, we're, we're um, somewhat like Amazon Prime for the, the rest of the, uh, the Internet. Uh, well, uh, you're here today because uh, Amazon is doing something, and we explain what's going on to, uh, because I've gotten several emails on this, and I'm sure other people have. Well, Amazon, uh, as of September uh, 1st, informed uh, the third-party sellers that they have to automatically authorize uh, returns and provide prepaid uh, return labels on their order starting November 1st. So um, if you think about the marketplace that Amazon has created and if you think about the sellers that um, put their products on that marketplace, um, this is a pretty dramatic um, shift for them. It's essentially mandating that they have to uh, cover return shipping for, uh, for all their products that are sold on on the Amazon marketplace. So these are third-party sellers that are not kind of Amazon-owned and operated products um, that are not doing fulfillment via um, fulfillment by Amazon. So um, so it's a, a great benefit for the consumers who typically um, walk away from items that don't have return shipping tied to them, but it, for a, uh, a marketplace seller, this is a very difficult pill to swallow, especially with the short... Uh, short notice and having to implement it by November 1st. Yeah, so um, let me explain, uh, let me see if I understand this. Uh, uh, basically, if, if I sell through Amazon, I have to, uh, but I but I uh, fulfill myself, I, I've got to put a, a free to the consumer return uh, 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 label uh, in my package. Uh, uh, automatically before uh, if I want to return if if per a person want to return it I had to call or talk to the person uh, to the company first okay? that's correct that's correct so they're they're authorizing one they have to authorize the return automatically and two they're mandating that the prepaid shipping labels are put into the box so you know as you think about the holiday seasons there's always a spike in returns, and uh, if I'm a seller on uh, the Amazon Marketplace and didn't have this kind of in my my plans for the holidays, they definitely um, don't have time to factor these costs in. I think the, the double-edged sword with Amazon is it's, uh, it's such a uh, great engine for sales. If I'm, a, again, a third-party Marketplace vendor and I want to sell my products, you know, tapping into the, the power and the size of Amazon is amazing. It gets me lots of distribution and lots of exposure to, you know, millions and millions and millions of customers. Um, but if I have to pay for uh, returns or potentially for two-day shipping via Prime, you start to really uh, kind of tighten up those margins if there's any left at all. Well, you're here. You have a solution for for uh, a Well, you know, I don't. I don't know that um, the, the only real solution is to walk away from uh, the impressions and the consumer eyeballs on Amazon. I don't think that's the um, the right decision. 
I think, um, you know, if I'm a, a vendor on the marketplace, I have to think about my pricing strategy to maybe cover some of those costs and shipping. And shipping. Um, because it's a mandate by Amazon. But if you want to continue to get the power of the, the Amazon exposure and um, consumer database, you really have to think about your pricing strategy. So that's one of the ideas is to bump your price a bit to cover some of these uh, shipping, return shipping uh, costs. Other than that, the only other option really is to walk away from Amazon and go to some other, some other marketplaces where they may not mandate the return shipping. What do you think? Well, I think it's, um, if you think about it through the lens of the consumer, um, consumers don't like to pay shipping and they absolutely don't like to pay for return shipping. So I think it's 66% of the um, purchases online, if there's no return shipping, they, they may opt out of that sale. So when you start to think about e-commerce, Roughly 30% of those items get returned. So, from a consumer standpoint, Amazon's looking at it and trying to solve a pain point for an Amazon shopper. Um, timing, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think they looked at it and said we're going to notify as of September 1. Everyone has to implement by November 1. Um, they looked at that and said that was enough time. If I'm a if I'm a marketplace vendor, I don't know if I completely agree, but I don't know. Um, I don't know all the, the moving parts around that. So I think I think Amazon did it strictly to be customer friendly and I think that's what they're they've been focused on for, for many years. Okay, now tell us a little bit about your company. Uh, you started to, but um, uh, I'm a I'm a vendor. I uh, um, uh, I'm looking at alternatives. How can you help help me figure out Well, I think we look at the we look at the consumer and through the lens of pain points as well. So if you think about what Amazon's doing for their own customers, we try to do that for our partners and, and their consumers. So you know, we introduce a product like FreeShipping.com through partnerships. So over three different relationships and retailers that are introducing FreeShipping.com to their consumers, uh, and that's one way that we can work with uh, with businesses is to take a program like FreeShipping.com and introduce it, and that would save the consumer money and save the shipping. The second thing is to go down the route of a more branded solution, so take the, the business of the retailer's name and really put that up top, but Claris underneath the the hood really driving the engine. So if you think about Claris, we are a, uh, a marketing um, engine, but really underneath all of it is a technology platform that powers the marketing uh, piece of it as well as the technical subscription piece, the customer service, the product optimization. So all the things that um, you know a retailer or a business would want if they put a program like that in place is really our sweet spot. This is what we do every day, and this is how we're focused on acquiring customers, putting together a product that makes sense for those customers, and ultimately doing all those back office um, optimizations as well as 
um, customer service and fulfillment, if there is pieces of it, um, is really done by Clarence underneath that client brand or underneath the brand like ShipMe.com or ShopSmart. So I'm a small co company. I'm thinking of using you. What are some of the questions I should uh, I should be asking for free shipping or not? Uh, so what are some of the questions? Yeah, I we'll be probably. Asking? Yeah, I think we probably ask ask you a ton as well, and just try to be, get a better sense of you know what's important to you. So we always. When we talk to new clients or, or prospects, we want to better understand their their KPIs or their pain points. What's important to their business? Where where are they having pain? So, and, and that's different for every every retailer or every business. Which is, some may say, um, I can't get the sales because I don't offer free shipping. Um, some may say I don't have a an eloquent uh, elegant uh, return shipping policy. We can snap in a product like Return Saver, which has really FedEx as the engine behind it. Um, and some others might be trying to drive repeat purchases and average order value up and things of that nature. So we put together a program um, like that. If I was a business and I was asking Claris what what's important, I, I would say what does it take to get set up? What's the reporting I get? What type of technology do we need to implement from the business side versus the Claris side? And um, I think you know, we've dealt with uh, you know over three, four hundred retailers now and worked with businesses to implement our solution. So we pride ourselves in doing a lot of the heavy lifting. So you know, small, medium, or large-sized retailers, Claris is really going to get in there and, and do the majority of the work. Obviously, we need some interaction and integration with uh, with partners. But um, I think when you look at retailers and businesses, they have a, a laundry list of things they want to do and probably can't get to. And having us as more of a turnkey solution to walk in the door and get started and show real results quickly with all the reporting and analysis and the know-how behind it is really where we pride ourselves. Well, you, you have a terrific re reputation. I mean, I've heard this from uh, so, uh, several uh, uh, companies that have been on our program before and use your services. But uh, I, I noticed it came across my uh, desk this morning that um, they expect that a majority of all orders will be from uh, from uh, uh, mobile uh, platforms this coming uh, holiday season. Did you see that? And how does that you yes, that we did. Well, mobile is happening and it's happening fast. I think when we look at our our year-to-date mobile um, uh, traffic and interaction with our sites like freeshipping.com. We're right at that 50% mark. We're just a little bit under. I, I think when we go through the holiday seasons, um, we're going to see it tip over the 50% mark. When you think about a mobile device, uh, both smartphone and tablet, it is, it's essentially a computer um, on you at all times. So when you think about, oh, I, I need to do this or I need to get that or I need to buy that for the stocking or holiday, it happens almost instantaneous, instantaneously versus, oh, when I get home, i got to get in front of my desktop and, and place that order. Um, so that's one piece of it, just the pure um, ease of access that the, that a smartphone or tablet has. Um, secondly is that the mobile web and, and, and mobile apps are continuing to get better um, and faster, um, and um, consumers 
uh, have clearly stated that speed matters uh, when they when they shop. So things like um, speed of that page loading or ease of access and and usability for a website on on a on a mobile phone is really important. And you've you've seen a lot of these retailers and uh, um, businesses really focus on that, uh, either responsive design or launching an app or or just making their um, uh, mobile experience better. So people get more comfortable with that, and then they ultimately uh, you know, shop more or learn more uh, and use it as a search tool and then ultimately purchase online as well. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but I, um, I saw a study that seemed to say that um, there's still a, a majority of businesses uh, still have not uh, made their uh, websites uh, compatible for mobile um, uh, mobile uh, devices. Uh, do you find that to be a case? Yeah, more on the small and medium size, absolutely. I think one of the things we did several years ago was something called responsive design. So regardless of uh, what device our consumers are on, be it a smartphone, tablet, or desktop, that the um, the uh, images and the content and the uh, and the just usability of it adapted to each one of those devices. Um, that's something that we invested in um, uh, several years ago, and every one of our sites uh, the last three years has that. You know, I don't think on a small and medium sized business they they might not have that, and I think that's the key. And that's just uh, learning the code. And there's a lot of open source information and documentation out there um, for these small and medium-sized businesses that do it. I think that's a, a, a first step. And then as you think about a broader, how are they interacting with our, our site? Do I need an app? What would my app do is, is probably step two of that strategy. But the first step is really trying to put together um, your site in a way that's responsive to all those devices. Well, have you looked well, the $64 question? Um, what are some of the things that your company has learned to make the site more responsive uh, to to a consumer? Well, our 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 responsive design would be tied um, exclusively to kind of our products that we launched. So, if if there was a business or a retailer that wanted to do a program with us, the program that we did would be responsive design. So, um, other than that, I you know we're not an e-commerce. Uh, uh, technology shop where we're powering websites. Uh, I think the key for um, for small businesses that do that would be to talk with their tech team and, and like I said, there's a lot of uh, open source information on how to code effectively so that you can leverage responsive design. Um, that's not something that Claris kind of offers off the shelf. We're we're more focused on building that program or or digital product that um, you know makes makes sense for our clients. Um, well, uh, while we're talking about, will, uh, will you spell out your, your website for, for our listeners? Sure. Again, it's uh, Claris Commerce, uh, clariscommerce.com. It's C-L-A-R-U-S commerce.com. And if they want to reach out to us, we have a contact us. It'll come right into our inboxes, and we'll get back to you, uh, you know, almost immediately. Well, um, uh, well Closing this uh, uh, segment, um, do you see um, this holiday season being the record other people seem to think it will be? 
And uh, do you see any um, uh, dark spots on the horizon? Well, um, from an e-commerce perspective, you know, if you look at Q3 as an indicator, that was up 15% um, year over year from an e-commerce perspective. Then you see the what you know folks are calling the Christmas creep that's really starting in uh, in uh, November 1st. I think um, the election obviously had some part uh, either positively or negatively um, on just people feeling um, uneasy now that that's behind us. I don't know if folks feel easy or not easy anymore, but um, I think they're going to maybe now more focus on um, you know, the holidays and, and shopping. But we're definitely seeing in the first 20 days um, a great increase year over year, about 15 or 20 percent of um, increased uh, um, um, site visits and, and uh, gross merchandise value kind of through our consumers uh, buying. So definitely that Christmas creep starting around November 1st and kind of moving in. So we're excited about, you know, the, coming into this Black Friday, Cyber Monday, which is really Cyber Week now. Uh, you're starting to see the retailers really push that uh, promotional lever in terms of, you know, Black Friday deals um, all month long. Or you, Walmart came out today and said that they're doing their Cyber Monday deals starting on Black Friday. So you're just seeing a lot of... Uh, uh, offers flood the market, which is really exciting. So I think you're going to see some really positive uh, signs this holiday season. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Tom Caparazzo, he's, he's CEO of Clara. I always want him to say Claritas.com. Yeah, ClaritasCommerce.com. Thank you. Sometimes I get stuck in my throat. I just had uh, dental <laughs> surgery this morning. So, uh, no it's, problem. It's been, a rough, it's been a rough month. But thank you so much for, for being with you and explaining this and also talking a little bit about um, um, the holiday season. We all need to have some perspective, and you've given us a, 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 what I think is a happier looking perspective. Thank you. Thanks, Don. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. You too. Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.